in my green sweatshirt, eyes filled with tears. I looked up to my husband on the couch that Sunday night and said the words I never thought I'd have the courage to say. I want to be done with drinking for good. And I need your help. It was a moment that defined my life and one I will remember as a pivotal decision of a before and after. The before was when I was a drinker and in the after, I'm not. I know what you're probably thinking. Was it really that simple to stop an emotional dependence on alcohol that began when I was a teenager? Well, let's go back a little bit. I'd started experimenting with alcohol when I was in high school, which continued to binging in college, which then continued to regularly drinking in my 20s and early 30s. What started as an adolescent way to rebel became my emotional necessity as I grew older. In fact, the only time I can remember not drinking for a period of time was during both of my pregnancies. Everything was fine and under control until it wasn't, until I started blacking out as an adult forgetting conversations, even not remembering to put my young kids to bed on a handful of occasions. In the midst of all this, a few years ago, I started having what I call nudges, little thoughts that would come to me late at night or in the morning, or sometimes instead of a thought, it was simply a pit in my stomach. The message though was always the same, no matter how hard I tried to block it out. You need to stop drinking. Was it God, my conscience, a future version of me? I didn't know but I tried very hard to block it out. I couldn't imagine a world where I didn't have my wine or very hoppy IPA beer for extra alcohol content, of course, at the end of a long day or weekend trips to the brewery with my family. One thing I've learned in sobriety is that everyone's journey is so unique. And I believe that a sober life is available to anyone who desires it. But I believe it has to come from within. If there's not a desire to change from within, A long-lasting, life-changing, alcohol-free journey can feel more like a pipe dream than a realistic future. So occasionally, I'd acknowledge the nudges. I would even bargain with them. I literally remember one night thinking, if I could just have two drinks a night, every night, and be in good health, I promise I'd never have more than that. It sounds crazy, right? I was bargaining with God or the universe to give me the okay to poison my body because I was so scared of giving it up for good. Anyway, I wish I could give you the clearest path forward on how I finally came to be sitting on my couch in that green sweatshirt on that Sunday night in January, knowing I was done with drinking, but I can tell you this. I finally listened to the nudges. I knew that if I didn't stop for good, I never would. I knew I could not drink in moderation. I drank to get buzzed or drunk. I couldn't just have one glass because I knew that would lead to another and another. And I'd been on this dang roller coaster for 15 years. I was tired. I knew my life could reach an entirely new level if I stopped poisoning myself night after night. To sum it all up, the pain of continuing down this path became too much over the pain of the unknown of change. So back on the couch that night, I didn't necessarily hit rock bottom. I simply didn't want my life to continue spiraling downward while I continued to hide behind a put together life when really I was drowning. So here's what helped me to draw the line in the sand once and for all. The first thing I did was ask my husband for help. Having him support me was huge. He was not a big drinker himself, so he immediately got all of the alcohol out of the house, and he was my accountability buddy. I went from staying up late to sneak more drinks to going to bed at the same time as he did. To finally admit I had a problem and wanted help wasn't embarrassing. It was empowering, and he was my biggest supporter. The second thing I did was read a book. 
called This Naked Mind. I know not everyone may have a built-in support system at home with a partner or a spouse, but everyone can read This Naked Mind. The book opened my eyes to the realities of alcohol without having to feel shame or judgment. You're even encouraged to read it if you're still drinking and no pressure to stop as you go through it. So there I was. I told my husband I wanted to stop drinking. I bought that book, but one more thing had to happen. For me, I really needed a public reason to not drink while I started this very personal journey. After all, I had been drinking for years and people I hung out with knew that I never said no to alcohol. So it was then that I decided to do this fitness challenge called 75 Hard. If you haven't heard of it, it's this intense challenge with two workouts a day along with some other requirements, but it also requires not drinking. So while I was changing for good on the inside, I had a public reason with friends and in social settings for saying no to booze on the outside. And just a side note, we shouldn't have to have a reason to say no to drinking, but I felt better having a built-in excuse before I was ready to talk publicly about it. The biggest thing that shifted for me during those first few weeks of sobriety was the concept of changing my subconscious rather than relying on willpower. As Annie Grace says in This Naked Mind, if you rely on willpower alone, you won't know you're successful until you're dead. So instead of trying to take it one day at a time, I decided I would go all in with changing my beliefs around alcohol. I'm a wellness coach by profession. I've been in the health and fitness industry for years. I knew alcohol wasn't helping me reach my goals. But for the first time, I actually allowed myself to learn about the dangers of it. And there are many. This Naked Mind helped me take every popular belief we have as a society around alcohol and dismantle it piece by piece. It was the first time I allowed this information to flow through me, to not only accept it, but to allow new truths around drinking that I'd never let in before. After the book, I was able to discern between relying on willpower not to drink versus truly not wanting to drink. I was feeling so much better. And here's the thing, my biggest fears were not coming true. I found I could still relax without a beer, still fall asleep without wine, still have fun with my kids, even if I didn't have the nightly unwind alcohol time after they were in bed. I was spending more time with my husband. I was waking up feeling amazing on weekends when I'd typically be hungover. And I had a public reason to say no to a very public and available thing. So now one year later, what has my life been like? Well, I had a few reels go viral after sharing my alcohol-free journey, and I honestly had no idea what to expect. One of the biggest surprises I got, though, was the sheer amount of people in my DMs thanking me for sharing because they or someone they love are going through the same thing. What I'm learning on the sober journey is that we have a real epidemic on our hands. People feel like they're alone in the struggle with alcohol or in their desire to stop, and that loneliness leads to feelings of hopelessness or burying their nudges like I did mine for so long. There's one final piece of my sustainable sobriety, and here it is. The secret is community. The secret is knowing you're not alone in your desires to live an alcohol-free life. Hundreds of messages later, I can tell you there are so many people out there like me with the same desires and hopes to live a sober life. And there are people who may not look like they're struggling at all on the outside. I know for me, I kept my public life as together as possible. So no one would ever question I had it, that I had a secret struggle. So I knew that the next level of my life was waiting for me beyond alcohol. And one year later, I can tell you that I've reached that level and I'm so hopeful and optimistic for the future.